All right. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Shared Interest, the podcast where a couple shares their interests of the week with each other. I'm Felicia. I'm James. This is episode 10. We're, burr, burr, burr. we're officially on episode. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. Um, also recording this at night and it's so weird because we normally record in the morning. We're going to do a special uh, intro for... Uh, we are? Yep. I'm going to do it. We, it's already happened. Um, so... What's the special intro? I don't know. I'm just going to change it up a little bit. Oh, to celebrate that. Yeah, it's that's our, so what do you got for me this week? Um, I have a story about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And is this the third week in a row that you're bringing Taylor no, Swift No, I have Travis not talked Kelsey about them in several weeks. I don't know if I believe you. They're just constantly on my mind. You can check the tapes. Uh, and then we're talking about chain restaurants. Chain restaurants. What are you talking like about? Like fast food restaurants? You'll see. Okay. Um, I have, um, a story. I have, uh, a, a a hot button current event story that it's going to get dicey. It's not a good, like it's, uh, it's about crypto essentially, but, um, that's it. So we'll, we'll dance around, around the crazy stuff. Um, and the other one is a, is a fun sports story kind of, it's a sports. I want to do a little profile on someone. Okay. You go ahead first. Okay. Um, well, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Na- Swift. Naturally, we'll kick off with Taylor yeah. Swift and Travis Kelsey. Hard launched, one may say, their relationship this weekend in New York City. Um, obviously, we know they've been dating because we've seen like paparazzi photos. But like this was the first time that they were like officially out together. And it wasn't like sneaky iPhone photos. Like it was actually them. They, you know, he, she went to her. She went to his game on Thursday. In Kansas City, he had a, like a historic game. I don't maybe has he lost since they've been together? Had a very good game. I don't know. Uh, they've lost once this season, and they weren't together yet, or like it wasn't. Not sure she wasn't at the game. Okay, so th- as a as an as an aside, um, they have to lose, and she has to see what he's like when they lose, because that's very telling. But she went to his game on Thursday, and then Saturday they went out in New York City. Out to dinner. Um, they went to Nobu. It's believed that they went to the Nobu location near Rockefeller Center because they, which I'll talk about in a second, later showed up at SNL. Um, so I think yeah. it went. They went to the Nobu Fifty Seven. I think the location is called. It's like Midtown, above Midtown. Not on Fifty Seventh Street. Yeah, it is. Okay, <laughs> that may, that would make the most sense. Yeah. I think. Okay, uh, um, I don't, that's not the one we went to. Correct. No. Yeah. <laughs> You subtly slide in that we've been in Nobu. Nobu's good. Um, and then they showed up in SNL. They weren't like together, but um, they showed up at SNL because Taylor Swift is friends with Ice Spice. Ice Spice was a musical guest. Who is Ice Spice? Ice Spice is an enigma to me. The, <laughs> the most exposure I've gotten to Ice Spice is through the Dunkin' Donuts commercials. With <laughs> no, she's a rapper. Um, and she was on. I don't think I've heard a single one of her songs. I think you have. But. She, she, they're friends, so she introed her second she song. She was the musical guest. Yeah, Taylor Swift introed her second song. Wait, and but they didn't host. Correct, they just showed they up. They just, and hi then, guys, popped in for a second. We're famous, then, uh, look at us, hi. So she introed, you know, for the second time tonight, Ice Spice, you know, like they always intro the musician. The host typically does it, but it was Pete Davidson, so it wasn't a very exciting host. Uh, uh, um, P. 
he was. And then like, Travis showed up. The they did a skit about how the NFL is going nuts over Taylor Swift, and Travis Kelsey showed up for that skit. He had like two lines in it. Um, and then they went to the NS. NSL, the SNL after party. Ah. Um, and then on Sunday, Travis left Taylor's apartment to go watch Jason Kelsey play the Jets. They lost. Yes. Embarrassing. Um, the Jets would be good if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers. No Aaron more teams Ro- in the NFL Aaron are Rogers. undefeated. Yeah, I know. They both lost. Two loss, two bad losses this week. And then on Sunday night, they went out to um, one of Taylor's favorite places in New York City, a restaurant called The Waverly Inn. The Waverly Inn. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard of it. But, yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to say that I was going to tell you this morning, but I was like, oh, I'll save this for the podcast because we were talking about the NFL games uh-huh. in London. Abroad, the international games. Yeah. There are rumors that the two will make their red carpet debut together Ooh. at the MTV EMA Awards, which I believe are the European Music Awards, because that coincides with the same weekend that Travis Kelsey has to Chiefs go play the Dolphins I in, think, in London. Germany? London. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's London. They'll be in Europe. Um, but it's the same weekend. And Taylor Two Swift. fantastic teams, by the way, to have play in London. Yeah. NFL couldn't have done it any better. Um. Yeah, th- that's gonna be fun. Oh, the other Is there thing anything on. else? So oh, they just did a hard launch. Like I said, yeah. it was like a high worth. I'm famous tour. Like, so everyone was talking night. about like, oh, everyone like for the most part, everyone's loving them together, right? But people on the internet are talking about how Taylor Swift always sports a red lip, like that's part of her a red classic lip. look. She always wears a red lipstick. Okay. Um, and they when they were out this weekend, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday night, but. Um, people noticed that the top of her lipstick was just like a little bit smudged. And then if you took a hyper zoom on his face, you could no. see red lipstick smudged oh into his mustache. Uh, we making it? Taylor Swift should like run the CIA. Like, Swifty should yeah, run the like CIA. Exactly. The yeah. Swifty should be the CIA. They would be able to solve any like world crime. Like I, I have yeah. no doubt um, their, their internet sleuthing skills are unmatched. I know. Um, I like it though. She wore, so she's 5'11", which is the same height that I am. And she wore five inch heels this weekend. You should wear five inch heels more often. Would you? Could you walk in five inch heels? (sighs) Yes. Would (laughs) you feel comfortable with me wearing five inch heels? Yeah, of course. Could you hold my hand? Of course. I will always hold your hand. Yeah, you will. But like, <laughs> could you reach it? Oh, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> hilarious. Um, <laughs> okay. My turn. Okay. Um, I'll five inches. I want to talk about, I'll start with the crypto story. Um, okay. This is all in the context of the Hamas attack on Israel and then Israel's okay. response in Gaza. Right. Um, Nancy Pelosi signed a letter i think with some other people probably uh and submitted it to the president saying that uh we have to like we have to ban cryptocurrency because it poses a danger to all of us because uh this is how terrorists uh use send money back and forth send money back and forth and buy stuff with right um and a couple of people posted responses that i thought were really interesting um 
one of which was by Alex Gladstein, who is uh, the chief strategy officer at the Human Rights Foundation. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a really good guy. He gives a pretty pretty basic takedown of it that's not that exciting but what i really wanted to talk about was this firm called chainalysis which is a firm that's been uh, around for a long time and they're they're a chain surveillance firm right so what they do is they look at all sorts of blockchains right bitcoin ethereum but hundreds of them um and they have a database and they map people to addresses and they see who's transacting what and what dollars and you know they're hired by governments, companies, individuals, mm-hmm. private investigators, uh, whatever have you. Um, and they also posted a response, and they said that a lot of the when people say billions of dollars are laundered, they they cite the exact number that Pelosi used, I think, in this uh, article here, um, are used in. Uh, uh, terrorist operations it's a little misleading it's very misleading because they're talking about like any addresses that are s- associated with any of them which many of them are probably what are what this article calls service providers which is like uh cash to crypto places um anything like that it, probably a miner could also be considered a service provider um and it just like counts any dollar amount of crypto flowing through those addresses because they've interacted with a known terrorist address that Chainalysis has or like the United States has mm-hmm. in their database. Um, they count that and it like grossly inflates the number of dollars shown to have been used in crypto. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. Obviously, it's like a very hot button issue right now. And it's a little I go back and forth on this because. One of the reasons I love Bitcoin so much is that it's about uh, privacy, right? But it's not private. It's like pseudo-private. If you know what someone's address is, you can trace every single thing that comes through there, right? It's only private. When you say address, you you don't mean like street address. You mean like their... It's kind of like a street address. More like an email address. But it's like a code or a... String of numbers. That... There, that it's used in crypto. Yeah. It's like where you send money. I okay. would send money to your yeah. address. And that's how you receive it, right? Um, and like I said, known addresses. Like, once you know a terrorist has a certain address and is used an address to do something, you can keep an eye on that address yeah. and see if it transacts any further, right? A lot of the times you put sanctions around um, these other service providers, right? They gave any, a specific one that's called like Buy Cash, which is one in Gaza that uses cash and other cryptos and buys other various, uh, provides other money services and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they, and then they also, it's, they said it's rather dangerous because if you account it like that, there are some, like they gave an example that a lot of these service providers also have connections with a Russian exchange, right? Mm. And so, but they, there's no way to show that the coins from the Russian exchange are the ones that are going to the terrorists, right? Like, because there's they're all they get all mixed up in the service providers, right? But be, because they sort of link it by association in that way, 
it's you can make really dangerous assumptions about people mm. who are like funding terrorists, things that when you don't really have the proof, right? Um, yeah. But like I said, I'm back and forth on these firms. This firm is like the pinnacle and has been around for a long time. But there's a lot of these chain surveillance firms, um, big ones and small ones, um, that do a lot of this work. And I guess it's good. I don't know. There are probably good chain surveillance firms and bad chain surveillance sure. firms. Right? I don't think it's a bad thing that they exist. I don't know. But they can't stop it either way, really. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, just something that came up. Nancy Pelosi always just pisses me off whenever she does stuff like that. Because she's like using this as an opportunity to like, oh, push this policy point across on something else. Yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing was that like well, she, was, kind of she was saying that being she was saying that Hamas specifically receives a lot of Bitcoin funding. They Hamas specifically cut off their Bitcoin funding like six months ago. So there was like, it's traced everywhere. <laughs> yeah. like, we can't do anything about it. Everyone knows it's us. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so they stopped accepting it. And uh, they always like conveniently leave out the point that what they transact a lot more in are like dollars and cash and gold and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Yes, they also transact in crypto, but they transact in anything that they're allowed to or not allowed to, but mm-hmm. won't get caught in, right? Um, oh, yeah, that's what's been on my mind today. Okay. Any thoughts? No. I mean, it sounds like like you said Pelosi is using this as an opportunity to push a policy. Yeah that's like like she's always been like in an anti-crypto stance and she like sure but isn't that doesn't every politician do that yeah for the most part use any sort of yeah i'm saying P- pelosi is specifically event or she angle. always does yeah. this she's uh, very anti-crypto specifically against me yes yeah uh, that was my point um yeah and it's kind of repetitive too it's the same argument over yeah and over again really um okay that's all i got you go ahead um, okay, I am talking about the comeback of casual chain restaurants. Casual chain restaurants. Yes. What is that? Um, well, you know my favorite. Chili's. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So casual chain restaurants, think like Applebee's, Olive Garden, Texas Roadhouse. The, I would say a step above like a fast casual restaurant, which is where you... There's no server. You go in and you order from the counter. Like a Chipotle. Correct. I guess that's more assembly line, right? But, but it's still a chain. The menu, wherever you go, is more or less the same. Fascinating. Right. Okay. So, back they in the 2010s, casual chains were dying, right? They were on the decline. People obviously still went to them, but like there was an overall consensus that... People didn't really want to go to uh, a chain restaurant when they were going to go out to dinner, when they were like, wanted to do something special, go out to dinner, spend their money, have someone come and serve them. Mm-hmm. And Olive Garden wasn't where they wanted to spend their money. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the blame was placed on millennials because they wanted something trendier. The chains were like too low for them, quote unquote. Um Millennials wanted more like diversity and the food and the flavor, you okay. know. Um, but now, sort of like in this post-pandemic TikTok-driven Gen Z uh-huh. world, they have come back. Um, both 
from a brand awareness stance, like how often you're seeing them and also mm-hmm. in numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Olive Garden has seen an 18% growth in recent quarters. Olive Garden. Applebee's saw sales growth in 2021 and 2022. And Texas Roadhouse is the latest, is the fastest growing restaurant brand in the world, which that actually surprised me. Um, The places are seeing growth because chain restaurants offer something right now that people are craving, right? Um, They're very nostalgic. Yes. They're, that's one reason. They're very nostalgic. People are uh, very into nostalgia this year in particular around Maybe Simple Times. this year sucks, man. It's very carefree. Yeah. Um, you go to these places. It's very consistent. It's more affordable than going to... Yeah, it's cheap. No one has any money anymore. It's cheap. Yep, a chefy place. Um, a lot of these places have deals like Applebee's kids can eat for free with the purchase of an adult meal. Chili's, you can get a free chips and salsa. If you're and 99 a, kids eat free when the Red Sox win. 99 is another one. Yeah. I miss 99, man. Um, and also like nobody gives a shit anymore about appearances, the farm to table shit and Floofiness. you know, the free range chicken. They don't want to pay extra to know that the chicken could run around. Because they're tired of it, maybe they're tired of it, and people don't have as much disposable income as they did. Can still be fun. Five or ten years ago, or even fifteen years ago. Um, I can't think of my favorite chain restaurant. Chili's, that's mine. I can't Chili's say that I've ninety-nine might be my favorite. I've experienced them all enough to have Pizzeria Uno's a favorite. I didn't really like Uno's. Because it's Chicago-style pizza. I can't remember if it was at Uno's or at 99 that was on Huntington Avenue in Boston, right by Northeastern. Pretty sure it's closed, but it was delicious. Love Applebee's. Applebee's. Love Chili's. Applebee's is really cheap drinks. Friendly's. Do you remember Friendly's? I love I love Olive Garden salad because it has pepperoncinis in it. I never liked Olive Garden. I never thought Olive Garden was good. I don't know. If, I don't know that I love the rest of their stuff. I do remember loving their gnocchi soup. That was where I learned how to pronounce gnocchi. Um, didn't ever really love their breadsticks, but I really love their salad. What are some others? I can't think of other chain restaurants besides. They're very regional, I feel. Texas yeah. Roadhouse, like yeah. you said. Like Red Robin is another one. Yeah. Um, but then there's like buffets, like Golden Corral, right? No, That's a like buffet. I wouldn't put those in this. That's different. Um, I was going to say Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel, okay, yeah. I've been to a Cracker Barrel before. Like, you walk in, the design is the same. You could walk into any of them. Like, Very sure the, safe. The setup's going to be the same, but you know what to expect. Yeah. You know what to expect on the menu. You know what to expect There's definitely the a feel. floor. Yeah, like a... Uh, mm-hmm. um, can you look up some chain restaurants? Like, what are some of the best chain restaurants? What do, what do you call them? Casual Casual chain, chain restaurants. Casu- There's not a specific. I didn't call them this. The Eater article that I pulled from called them this. Okay. BJ's Brewhouse. That's one I've heard of. Never Carabas, heard of. Nope. Red Lobster. Yes. Classic. Cheesecake Factory. Longhorn oh, Steakhouse. TGI yeah. Fridays. Ruby Tuesdays. Wow. Okay. That's. Wait. Those are almost like a different category. No. P.F. Chang's. Th- those are like all Hooters. the same covers. Cover, that one I wouldn't put California Pizza Kitchen, Carabas Italian Ooh, Grill, CPK. Cheddar Scratch Kitchen. That's probably one you probably haven't heard Don't of. I've heard one. about that working in food. Um, Dave and Buster's I wouldn't consider because their Arcade. whole thing is like gaming. Um, 
Benihana. Never been. Hard Rock Cafe. Ooh, love Hard Rock 99. Cafe. 99. Uno's. Rock Bottom. Have you ever heard of Rock Bottom? No. That's like from the south. That's a great chain restaurant. Buca de Peppo. No idea what that is. That's such a fun one to say. <laughs> Buca de Peppo. Bubba Gump. Shrimp Co. Yep. Johnny Rockets. No, Johnny Rockets, you have to go up to the counter and order, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I can't say I've been to one. Bahama Breeze. Used nope. to go to that in college. No idea. Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Yeah, there you go. But that one, I don't know. I, like I said, that one I put in the same as like a rainforest cafe. Like it's a Ooh, super that's another good themed one. restaurant. Yeah. Anyway, these, these places are having a comeback in more than one way. That's great. I, I mean, is I that great? It. I don't know. I don't know. I think. So the other interesting thing, uh, thing that this article talked about from Eater um, is this article is by Amy McCarthy, who I quite enjoy her writing. I believe she's based in Texas. Um, is she just put it in one line, but I thought it was interesting. Um she also made the point that growth in fine dining has been much more meager than these fast casual chains. Um, but even if you, this is her quote, even if you look into fine dining, restaurants that have become chains like Carbone and Nobu are also thriving. Interesting. What's the other one? Cipriani's. Is that the one in New York? I forget the one. There's a couple of. I don't know. Um, anyway. That's fascinating. Yeah. I would have to say 99 is my favorite chain restaurant. What do they serve? Is that like Applebee's? Burgers? Yeah. Again, I think it's regional to the Northeast. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I think a lot of these are Red pretty Sox regional. Eat free. There's a couple like Applebee's that I feel like are everywhere. Uh-huh. TGI Fridays, I feel like are like everywhere. Like I said, those are the TGI Fridays, Ruby Tuesdays. You think those are northeast? No, they're different. They're like a little different. How? I don't know. They're uh, the theme is different. Like what's they're the more like steakhouse themed, right? They're more like weak steakhouse themed. Okay, then you can't say Texas Roadhouse is in the same thing because Texas Roadhouse is a steakhouse. Longhorn yeah, Steakhouse. But is those a are Texas steakhouses. Not also, like weird American. TGI Fridays is not a steakhouse. Ruby Tuesdays is not a steakhouse. You go to Ruby Tuesdays for the unlimited salad bar. Really? How do you know so much about? Because my grandma used to take me there at the at the mall. Okay, Um, that's fascinating. That was like the best restaurant. Maybe this, like I said, maybe this isn't a good thing that all these restaurants. But maybe that's just a good thing or a bad thing. But because they are very good, I really like it. Yeah, Jilly's is really good. Yeah, I will say, I think it's like your belief in Duncan that. It's you know, I don't know if these places are franchised or not, but the franchisee has to be passionate about the brand in order to create good food. You can tell That's when you go to these places when the food isn't cared about or not. Like, yeah, sure. A, a lot of it is already like pre-made and gets shipped frozen and just gets reheated mm-hmm. when it gets served to you. But it's the difference between those crispy, 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 cheesy <laughs> mozzarella sticks from Chili's and some I said warm. soggy sloped what's the word i'm looking for flaccid (laughs) you said it on me um mozzarella sticks that are just disappointing so um fascinating i love casual chain restaurants 
Me too. Um, okay. They're not low. What's your, what's your last story? Um, okay. Uh, a recent bomb has dropped. Not really. Um, interesting story is going down in the baseball world. Uh, okay. And it's about the first female general manager of all time. Oh, okay. Yes. Her name is Kim Ng. Okay. And she was hired as general manager for the Marlins um, a couple years ago now. I think four years ago, three, four years. Um, Funny thing, what I found out right before the podcast, we share a birthday, November 17th. Look at that. Yeah. (coughs) Fascinating. Born November 17th, 1968. That's your birthday? I should write that down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Now former general manager of the Miami Marlins. She was the first woman to serve as general manager of a team in the big four leagues in North America. Yeah, any major men's sport, first woman to serve as general manager. Not just baseball, and first Asian-American person. First Asian-American person? Not even woman? I believe so. uh, They've never had an Asian-American? Because I believe Joe Tsai is just the owner of the Nets. He's not the manager. Can you tell me what a manager does on a baseball team? Um, they make trades, they negotiate contracts, they organize the team. Okay. Um, with a, a team of others, yeah. right? Um, but they're kind of like the They're top. the front office. They're the head of the front office of the team, right? Okay. Um, she started as an intern for the Chicago White Sox in That's like, very uh, cool. 1990 or something. Uh, worked there for about six years, I think, and then was promoted to like the assistant head of baseball operations. Um, and then went to the Yankees for a cup of coffee. Um, and it's, it's a baseball thing. Okay. Uh, what does that mean? A short time. No, she was oh. actually there for a little while uh, longer. Um, How long were you thinking about throwing she was that the, the she conversation? Was the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was with the Yankees for three years. And then she went to the Dodgers for nine years. Um, again, mm-hmm. assistant to the general manager on both those teams. Uh, and then she was with the Miami Marlins starting in 2021. Uh, and she did pretty well for the Marlins. They kind of reorganized. They had a lot of big player, big name players with big contracts on their team that they traded away. They got rid of their contracts and they signed young and up and coming stars. Mm-hmm. And they made their first playoff appearance since 2003, right? 20 years. Okay, pretty good. Pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they demoted her. Um, Ouch. Yeah, they were going to bring someone else in above her. Right. They were going to they she had an option on her contract. The team renewed it, but they were going to bring someone else in. She was like, no. And she said, no. Yes. So she did not renew her option. And so now she's a free agent and everyone's trying to scoop her up. Ooh, I like Um, this story. Not everybody, but um, she's still a hot commodity. Yeah. Ing was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, the first of five dollars daughters (laughs) to Virginia and Jin Ing. Her father, an American of Cantonese Chinese descent, was a financial analyst, and her mother, Thailand born of Chinese descent, was a banker. She attended elementary school in Fresh Meadows, Queens, and junior high in Glen Cove, New York. Her interest in baseball started when she played stickball on the street in Queens, and her father taught her about sports. Cool. She played tennis and softball in Ridgewood High in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and graduated in 86. She graduated from the University of Chicago in 1990, where she played softball for four years and was named MVP infielder and earned a BA in public policy. During her senior year at the U of Chicago, she served as president of the university's Women's Athletic Association. Um, She also worked for the MLB, I think, for a year or two in there. Uh, Ten years. Sorry. Mm -hmm. She worked for the Dodgers 
until 2011, and then she wasn't hired by the Marlins until 2021. So she was a um, she worked the office in the MLB as well. Um, and I really want the Red Sox to pick her up because the Red Sox just fired um, their general manager by the name of guy by the name of Kyle Bloom. Came into the organization with high hopes, but. Uh, did not perform like there was one main goal his goal was to trade Mookie Betts right and then not have us go through like a horrible rebuilding phase and he accomplished just one of those things uh. he traded Mookie Betts but the Red Sox have been the laughing stock of the MLB for about the past two years now um laughing stock might be harsh but I feel like they're laughing stock um uh, I'm just used to winning I'm spoiled um, hey. but we, she's These like, dynasties are all cyclical, babe. It'll she, come back. Don't she's worry. right there for the taking and the yep. Red Sox can get her. Um, but it reminds, have you ever heard of the name Theo Epstein before? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, he was like the last perennial manager that like came in and he came in and won us a world series, broke the curse. Um, and he was like this really young hot commodity, kind of a similar story. Okay. Not exactly the same, but you know. He was like the youngest at the time or something like that. But mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. She seems great. And it's a Miami story kind of, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, she's awesome. She's very close to Derek Jeter, I think. Mm. Uh, uh, not like that, I don't think. No, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> 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 it came off like that. You're insinuating she slept her way to the no, top no, of the no, MLB? No, 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 Jeez, no. Jeez, no. Um, yeah, she seems like a great girl. No, are you kidding me? Like I said, she shares a birthday with me. Probably worked three times as hard as the other yeah. piece oh, of shit least. dude managers. Ying is married to Tony Merkward, co-owner of Silas Wines in Oregon. All right. Sound like a power couple. There you go. Mm, 25 How much does a general manager make of a baseball team? How much does a general manager make Seven of figures? a baseball team? Probably, yeah. Absolutely. Probably ranges a lot depending on who they're working for, but. Well, that was one of the contentions in this article that I was reading about is that they have one of the lowest payrolls. Um, and they still put together a pretty good team. What was Kim Ng's contract value? They were made public. They weren't made public. Yeah, but come on. It's got to be like some kind of. What's just the average salary? Speculation. Yeah, I just want to like a range. Three million to five hundred thousand. Okay, that's about what I was. I was okay. gonna, I was gonna say a million. Yeah. It's probably like where the like one to two million a year. Yeah. Right. Um. You know, some of the worst probably get, you know, 800,000, 500,000, yeah. something like that. Probably the Oakland GM gets like the lowest because they never get any funding and they're moving their team. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. On my radar, like I said, I like that Red story. Sox got to snatch her up. Okay. That would be really cool, I think. I think the Red Sox would love her. She would fit great in the culture. I mm-hmm. think she would be great. She is like basically royalty at this point. She's been with the MLB for. 30 years, 35 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three-time World Series champion as assistant general manager. 
Nice. With the Yankees. Okay. Uh, that's how, where she knows Derek Jeter from, is the Yankees. Uh, also, I just think it was kind of a boss move for her to be like, what, you think You're someone else can do this me? job better? Yeah, no. Because I'm a woman? I'll hit the market. Thank you. Fuck you. this. I'm going to go be yeah. paid twice as much, and we're going to beat you in the World Series. <laughs> it's also like a very stereotypical Merlin's move. They did the same thing with Derek Jeter, right? He came They're in. Like, oh, you're doing great. Sorry, we're he, he didn't do very. He didn't do as well as Kim Ng did, right? Um, Derek Jeter was a general manager. He was he was a part owner, right? He oh, bought okay. it and he did. Uh, he like I said, I think he was head of baseball operations. They have various titles and names and stuff, but mm. it's just person in baseball in the front office, really. Um, mm. And um, yeah, like he did all right, but then he wasn't getting enough funding from the owner. He thought he thought that their payroll was going to grow. But it wasn't. So he's like, F this, I'm out. Okay. And left it with Kim. Kim Kim did okay. Yeah. It is a fun story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk about Gabagool. Gabagool. What is Gabagool? Can you tell me what Capicola. Gabagool is? <laughs> what? Capicola. Wh- what's that? It's the sliced deli meat. Okay. So we started watching The Sopranos. Yes. We're three is that in the first in. episode? I've actually says seen, that? A, seen it for, you know, maybe like... We've abandoned suits. Let's start with, yeah. let's preface this with the, okay, that. We have abandoned suits. It's too much. It's, it's too sucks. boring. It's the same thing over it and over sucks. again. Two people talking in a room here. Meghan Markle and fucking oh, yeah, Mike Gross are gone, her, whatever their names are, and well, it's not good anymore. Alert. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, look, the show's been around for like 10 years. Yeah, if you haven't um, seen it by now, I'm... Okay. It's not fun anymore, so, so we switched. We were looking for a new show. I've Neither been of us have really seen The Sopranos. I started The Sopranos last year and maybe saw like the first five or so episodes. I can't remember how far I've seen. I don't think it was the first whole season. But we've started watching it again. We're three episodes in. It's so good. It's really good. It's interesting. It's such a good It's very, concept. I was thinking during the episode we were watching tonight, it's very surreal. Like you're not, I feel like you're not meant to think it's like a work of art almost. Like you're not meant to think it's a depiction of reality. Sure. Right. Like the characters are so, they're caricatures of. They're overblown. Yeah. Like they just, like I said, they say gabagoo and like they talk with their hands. I got to say it does a really great job. Oh, fantastic. Um, Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody in there, all the like main actors. I'm gonna look up if that's Ray Liotta. Is it Ray Liotta? Yeah, there's this character who looks a lot like Ray Liotta. Like we we said, can't he figure de- out. He declined the role. Well, we asked Google, and she said that Ray Liotta declined the role of Tony Soprano. I feel like it's not him. I don't think so. I think but it just that's okay. Like Whatever. Anyway, the show is good, which is you know you probably already know this. Um. But I'm excited because I feel like it's it's regarded widely as one of the best TV shows of all time. And like we have it in its entirety. We don't have to wait for anything to come out. We can watch it at our own pace. Yeah. And it's not like Game of Thrones or like a different show where they're like, oh, they did so well up until season whatever. Like anytime Just I've ever heard it, anybody great. talk about the show, it's a really good show. Um, I am. How how long is it? I don't know. How many how many seasons are there? I don't know. What's IMDb? It? I think it was one of HBO's first shows, too. Really? Like with The Wire? And like Sex in the City. Like those, yeah. It's like one of their 1999 original. 1999 to 2007. 
So eight seasons, maybe? Uh, six seasons. Okay, I like that. How many episodes per season about? I don't know. In one, there are 13. Okay, that's a good. They're long. They though. are long, and they're, they're grueling. thick in plot, so like you can't watch You follow it many. way better than I do. I'm always like, what the hell's going on? Who's, why are they beating this guy well, up? There's <laughs> a lot of care. I think this show's super character-driven. Yeah, it's all So there's a ton of characters, and you got to like learn them all, and you got to figure out who they are and like the relationship. They're all named everybody. Tony and Tony Jr. and Artie. And Christopher and, <laughs> and the cousin and the gabagool and the this and the that and the men um, and the men. Why do they call it gabagool? What? They're called, I don't they're know. They're just saying Capicola. Yeah. It's just like Gabagool. No, they're saying Gabagool. Like Gabagool. But like they're not trying to say Capicola and it sounds like Gabagool. Like the word has morphed into that. Weird. Okay. That, uh, but is that an actual thing or is that just in the Soprano? No, I think I think like Long Island and Jersey People Italians call it actually pronounce it like that. And mozzarella and prosciutto, like things like that. But Gab- obviously Gabagool is like the most intense version of that. Yeah. Language is a beautiful thing. Um, it's a very interesting show. Her, ther- her, his therapist is like that's what I. I remember the first episode we were watching it, and I said, "Oh, she's blackmailing him," because like I thought yeah. it was real, and any therapist would like in the real world would know that she's dealing with a bomb boss and would like have to call the cops. Yeah. Or. Like the only way that she could keep being his therapist was if he was like paying her a ton of money, right? Like, like you know, she was getting something right. out of no, it. No, right? I think it was more like. But that's she, how it would work in the real world. She but. was like, I understand what you do for a living, but you can't actually s- tell me anything I know, in specifics. So you have to. I don't think that. I think it's just like obviously he's a mob boss. Yeah, and I think she knows that, but he can't be like, oh yeah, like we. I know, but I think that is, this guy. I think that's like such a fantastical opinion, like conception. Like she knows he killed him. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what. Yeah, he but says. she's not legally obligated to report it. I think she still would be, but um, not in the world of HBO. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's like so. It's it's like just that one thing that is skewed, where it's like. It's a little fantastical, or like I said, surreal. It's a show. Yeah. About Italian mobsters who say gabagool. Of course, <laughs> it's going to be like that. I know, but it's a very artistic like twist to it, I think. And like the perspective from which the story is told, Tony Soprano sitting in therapy, talking it out, that's really interesting. And I think I agree. the show work really well, right? Um, yeah. It's going to be a long time to get through. Not as long as Suits, though. We put a lot of hours into Suits. Yeah, that that show should have ended at... They should have, like, capped it at six seasons or two something. Two seasons. Just do two. It because been fine. the concept was so good. It just... They drew it out too long. It was clearly, like, the show was successful and they didn't want to stop it. And they lost their two main characters and they still decided to keep driving. Yeah. It was... Uh, so... It's like a, abandoning a book. I'm fine with it. Give it up. It's done. Move on to the next one. It was good. It was fun while it lasted. Yep. DNF, exactly. DQ'd. Um, well, we weren't disqualified. That's okay. Those that's are two true. different things. I guess. We finished, though. Not suits. No, not suits, but this podcast. Oh. That's all for us, I think. Okay. Good night. Thanks. <laughs>